an event planner or organizer looking for a keynote speaker with a fresh new perspective that packs a serious punch, someone who captivates your audience and inspires them to create lasting changes in their lives. Someone who has a compelling story to share that will leave your audience believing in themselves like they've never done before. I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake, author of The Million Dollar Bakery, host of this podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, and I am your girl. To book me as a speaker for your next event, go to RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. Hey, I'm Rebecca Hamilton, founder and CEO of Chick Boss Cake. Thanks for joining me on my Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where I'll be sharing all my best life and business tips and tricks on how I've created the life of my dreams and how you can too. I'm a no-nonsense, full disclosure, sweet talk scrapping woman entrepreneur who believes in taking charge of your life and ridding yourself of all the excuses that are holding you back. This is a really exciting time for my podcast, Scrap the Sweet Talk, because it is my first podcast series and really the first time I've opened up my podcast to have guests on my show. I was inspired by International Women's Day and I felt like I was called to do this series from God or the universe. I just felt like he brought these amazing women into my life and gave me a platform to allow me the opportunity to share their stories with women all over the world. I'm blessed to be surrounded by these incredible women and it would be extremely selfish if I kept them and their stories all to myself. So I'm really excited to share them with you guys. They are filled with life lessons and valuable tips and advice on how to overcome the toughest challenges that life has thrown our way. You guys, like you guys though, you guys are in for a serious treat with this series. So be sure to subscribe so that you get notified when a new episode launches. And please leave me a review on my podcast to show your love and support. I would be so grateful. On this episode of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, we are going to be joined by Jess. And Jess is a registered massage therapist and also an essential oil educator. So she is super amazing. I am really grateful and lucky to know her personally. And she's one of my friends and also part of our women's networking group. And so she has a lot of really great insight and you guys are really going to love listening to Jess because her personality is just so bright and fun and I just love it so much. So we are spoiled to have her on the episode today. So welcome, Jess. 
Thank you so much, Rebecca. I'm so excited for this. It's perfect for a Friday afternoon. I agree. This is so fun. I love it. So why don't you tell our listeners what you do specifically with your registered massage therapy and your essential oils? So I have been a registered massage therapist for uh, just over 17 years now. Feels like an absolute lifetime. Um, (laughs) And so for about six and a half of those, I actually started um, implementing, educating essential oils and using the the oils within my practice as well. So they work really well together. Um, I think it gives me a very good background um, to be able to help people, you know, health related um, based on my massage background that incorporating the oils into their own daily lives um, is kind of like a, I feel like I can help people at home as well as when they're on my massage table too. So they do go uh, really hand in hand really well. And I think people, you know, they have already established that form of um, comfort level with me of how I treat them as massage therapists that they know I'm just going to do whatever else I can to be able to help them with their health and uh, their well-being. I love that so much. I love that you incorporate it because they both go together so well. And so because you've been a massage therapist for 17 years, that's obviously what you started with. And then so how did you get into the essential oils from there? So it was about uh, right around year 10. And, uh, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that the average career span of an RMT, they say, is only five years. Wow. So it is really physically demanding. And, you know, I was lucky at 10 to get to that point even, but I knew I needed a bit of like a plan B avenue. So um, a girlfriend of mine actually had been talking about uh, doTERRA and just how incredible their oils were, um, how great the business opportunity was. And so I was like, well, this is great. I can incorporate it in both ways, um, like and benefit both ways from it. So I I just went to a class, like what I teach for people. And uh, the minute I heard about like their testing and their sourcing model. Um, I was completely sold. And literally within less than a month, I had my first class in the books. And, uh, and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I'm such a fan of doTERRA essential oils too. You got me onto them, obviously. So thank you for that. Um, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite oil, like a favorite scent of yours? I am, you know, maybe it is because of the massaging. Um, but the deep blue rub yeah. is probably the one I use the most because I use it on myself and, you know, within the home, but also on my clients. Mm-hmm. But I think if like literally if I was to be on a deserted island, the three I would probably want would be the deep blue rub, frankincense and copaiba. Um, just because they have really phenomenal properties for relaxing you, calming you, um, just anti-inflammatory, like really, really like hit home top notch oils. So That's- those would be my favorite. Amazing. It's so funny because that's how you know you're the essential oil educator because I would just go based on scents. I'd be like, well, I like (laughs) vanilla and citrus and whatever. You're like, no, I would have these three things because of these purposes, which makes way more sense. And that's such a, that's hilarious. I love that. So amazing. 
So we are highlighting um, through this series on my podcast, uh, amazing women in our community. And so we're highlighting them because March is International Women's Day, but I'm doing like a whole month of it, sharing all of these stories and stuff like that from amazing women in our community. And so one of the main points of the podcast is to share a challenge that we have faced either in our business or our life. And um, to let other women know that we all face these challenges and we all struggle and to share different ways of how we've been able to move past these hard times and make each other feel less alone. So can you tell me about a time in your life where you faced a significant challenge? Absolutely. Um, so it, they kind of tie in. It was both a life and a business uh, challenge at the same time. So this was back in 2016. So I had been uh, massaging for 10 years. Uh, my doTERRA business had just kicked off about six months prior. Um, Ian, my my hubby, he had a phenomenal job here in London. Um, and we were actually uh, given the opportunity, I say, we were, we were promised a lot um, for Ian to come up and work like us to move three hours north and Ian to work for a friend. But this also meant selling two homes, selling my practice, my established practice of 10 years. Um, and with only knowing a few people, you know, just basically reestablishing everything, um, you know, at a later part in our life, too. So um, it was like everything thrown into one. Um yeah, so business, business related, but but life as well. It uh, it's it, now to think back, it's you know it, it's crazy to believe that we we've done so much and a lot has happened since then too. And I'll kind of share a bit about that afterwards. Um, but yeah, at, at one there was uh, you know definitely all at once. But about about five years ago when this took place, five six years ago. Okay. And so you basically had to shut down your practice. You had to sell your homes and stuff like that. And then you moved up north, like three hours away. You didn't know anybody. And then what happened from there? Did it not work out? And then you decided to come back or how did that play out? It was busy. <laughs> it was very busy. Um, you know, I think part of the worst part, like I throughout it, I cried a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, you feel so alone in cases as well. Um, you know, Ian, Ian was, is, is still, he's always my strength, but at the time, you know, he was trying to establish this, this new work position, um, build his self up socially as well too. So what had actually happened was we, we sold the one house that we owned and lived in, in London. And then I still had the house that I had owned in England. Ingersoll where my practice was. And so for the first uh, couple months, what had actually happened is I would come down on a Monday, like go from North down to Ingersoll um, on a Monday. I would work Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during the day. And then Thursday evening, I would drive back up North to be at home for kind of the weekend and whatnot. Um, so it was still like I was trying, it was one of those where you're I still needed to make an income. So I was still trying to keep and, you know, my clients and, you know, that connection as much as I could. Um, 
but at the same time, try to build this life up, up north too. Mm-hmm. So um, it did luckily, um, just to answer your question about with, with coming back, how it ended up um, within, it was just shy of two years um, was when we, we ended up selling the house up there and coming back. Um, it was a case where it was, it was kind of just took a bit of time for the, uh, the true colors and, you know, those false promises <laughs> um, to really show themselves. And so we just knew that we needed to get back. Um, you know, it was a risk and we tried taking it. And again, you never know unless you take that risk. And it just for us, it didn't work out to to be the best decision. Um, but again, met tons of people um, through, you know, building with clientele and whatnot, as well as, you know, friends and people through my doTERRA business that I still contact and talk to, you know, some on a daily basis and, uh, you know, and that I'm, I'm really grateful for, but, uh, but yeah, we did get to come back again in just shy of two years. So cool that you guys actually did take that risk, like regardless of how it played out, I'm sure you obviously learned like lessons and you probably learned personality traits and red flags to look for, um, (laughs) in different people. Right. I mean, I've learned that lesson too. And, uh, But I I just can't imagine like being in the service industry of building up clients and you work so hard to do that, like, and and then to move three hours away and then have to have a three hour commute is like, that's so, that shows your dedication. You know what I mean? It honestly, there was times like it was, I think back and I'm like, I'm knock on wood, I'm I'm happy I'm alive because with the weather, even driving with that weather, there was times that on like the Thursday evening, Ian would be like showing me on his weather app, like Jess, there is ice all over the roads, like just stay another night, don't come up. I remember one time we were like FaceTiming, an ambulance like went behind him, like lights blaring and I'm like, no, I'm coming up, I'm still coming up. Oh my god! So I was a bit stubborn there too, um, but yeah, it was. It's crazy. That's what I mean to look back. Like talk about exhausting and and whatnot. But um, but again, it was. I, I wouldn't change it because it definitely uh, you know was an experience. It yeah. really. Did it you really did you good. find that that was that was like harder on your relationship, or did it bring you guys closer together? Like dealing with that. Yeah, you know what? It actually, I would say probably brought us closer together. I feel like in any sort of life challenge, um, you know, that whole experience, you know, like the world now, like I feel in, in these kind of times, we actually really, really move closer. Um, you know, we've been together almost 10 years now. We actually originally met each other in high school though. So, um, which, which is just a kind of cool connection, but yeah, I find, you know, he, he definitely is my true best friend and, and we have each other's backs, which to me is, is just at the end of the end of the day, nothing beats that. So it did bring us closer. Like again, those little, you know, I'm sure tiffs and arguments of, you know, me being stubborn and <laughs> whatnot, but at the end of the day, it ultimately did. Like we knew that no matter where we were or what we were doing, like we were great together and we would get through whatever we needed to. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that you were willing to move up north for his like dreams and goals, like (laughs) says a lot about you and the fact that you would drive back and forth to, you know, also try to keep your clients that you worked so hard to, to build up there as well. Right. So, so take me back. Nope, go ahead. 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, with doing that, too, and, and this might be what you might ask. Um, so, yeah, I had we did that for a couple months and then realizing how much that was just going to be time wise and taking care of two homes um, and, you know, all of that. So I ended up um, we sold the Ingersoll house. And I did find a great therapist that was able to take over my clients. There were so many tears shed saying goodbye to everybody, um, but able to do that um, just to be able to really give it my full go of, of trying to establish, you know, up north. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so you did actually like finish that side of your business and you did fully move up there full time then for a little bit. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. And so is that like when things started to get bad for you? Like take me back to how you were feeling like at your darkest times. Cause I, I'm sure like when you move, you know, three hours away, that is like super far from all your friends and family. And like, I, I don't know, those, those towns in the Northern parts are like pretty desolate sometimes and just not a whole <laughs> lot going on. So, so take me back to how you felt like during your darkest times up there. Yeah, it definitely, I think the, the time of the back and forth was probably, probably the darkest because it was such a, it, it was such an emotional um, tug of war, you know, like up there, back down home, you're trying to establish everything new, but, you know, not wanting to give up. Um, and, and, you know, you're right when I was up there, um, you know, after realizing Ian wasn't going to have the, you know, more free time and all this, he was actually working a lot more when we were up there and, you know, in our house, which, which we had a fantastic house. It was a great property. It's beautiful, beautiful where we are, were. And, but it was, it, it was, it was lonely, you know, there wasn't like it, it, it was time to get into any town, um, not knowing anybody, um, you know, we don't have kids. So I guess we didn't have that extra maybe connection of trying to meet people through groups with that. Um, you know, and I, and I just want, I like to be included. I like to be a part of things. And, and there was just times that I, I wasn't able to, so it, it, it was really, really tough. It really was. Yeah, I can I can definitely appreciate how that would be hard, especially like just getting to know you and your personality and how you just you love people so much like that would have been so hard for you. right? Like, that's crazy. So, so what did you do then? Like, how did you guys decide to come? Well, I mean, obviously, you guys had the issues you came back. So like, is that kind of the solution that you found to the challenge was to come home, surround yourself with, with, you know, the friends that you wanted to and, and you didn't feel lonely anymore at that point? Um, I think, yeah, definitely, you know, that was, that was really a blessing. Now we were, we were giving it our all and we really did want to see that, that pan out and, and work out for us. Um, you know, again, loving where we were and, uh, you know, the activities, you know, that we were able to do, um, you know, we really, at the end of the day, we did want to, want to see that, that work. Um, so it was unfortunate, but you know, there, there just came that point. We were like, okay, we got to pull the bandaid off this basically. Now I will say too, and I think because, you know, I'm more so that emotional one and, and probably had a bit of a harder time with it all. Um, you know, one thing that I, I still, I still did was luckily with my doTERRA business, you know, you can build that globally. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
again, connections. I always had the connections to like my doTERRA family back home. Um, and there were still times, you know, I eventually did, um, I got a job at a nearby clinic up there and, but I would work around and rearrange my schedule to be able to, you know, come back down to teach a class or come to an event, but it would be all, you know, I would, I, could have a couple clients up there, drive three hours down, teach this class, drive three hours back because I had clients up there the next day. So yeah. again, as much as that sounds like a lot, it was a way that I did overcome it to just to weave it all together and um, and just realize like this is going to be a bit busy of a time, but I did get kind of then, you know, the best of both worlds. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that was really a way. And then it just worked out and things happen for a reason, I believe. And, um, and it just did work out that, you know, it wasn't meant to be for us and, and we were able to come back and in a short, short enough time that it didn't really feel like we had left, you know, everything, yeah. with people and relationships. Um, so that, that was great. Um, just to be able to have that. So that was, you know, it's like directly what we did, but also kind of indirectly as well. And, Yeah, Yeah, isn't it so cool just to think like how I mean, you do something like that and it really shows you how important like, you know, friendships and community and networks of people are to be surrounded by like like minded, you know, women and supporters and stuff like that. Because once you remove them and you start to feel so isolated and you're like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) You feel so lonely and and you feel lonely because you, you, you know, you basically left your friends and family. And and also because like you're in this new town, that's like three hours from where you're, you, you were. And so that it would have been so hard to even, it's hard to meet people, you know, in general, let alone if you're in like a really small town, right? Yeah. It really shows like, I I guess you really notice how much like community and stuff like that means when you isolate yourself a little bit and start to feel the pain of it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's amazing. So, so you came back here and then now what are you doing here? You're, you're working on, you have, you do massage out of your home, right? Yep. Yep. So I am working from home, um, which is fantastic. I love it. It it feels like I'm back to my old self that way. Um, I really did. Uh, you know, it's when you get used to something, I guess. So when I had done that for almost 10 years prior, you know, so that's back. I even, um, again, being in London now, so not too far from Ingersoll, I have some connections that I used to see that are now just so thankful I'm back and they'll drive in to see me. Um, and then again, back with my, you know, the hub of my team, of doTERRA here. So um, that was really, really great. Um, but again, it's been able to just, you know, because I can build that, um, you know, through the internet too, that I can still stay connected with everyone. But yeah, so I'm still working both now, but uh, out of the house for massage and then still still teaching classes online now. Um, hopefully we can get back to doing some more in person because there is nothing like smelling oils, you know, in person as opposed to try to explain it through a computer screen to somebody. <laughs> Oh my God. The struggle is real with that. I'm sure. I don't know how you probably like figured out a lot of creative ways to like describe it to people, but 
still. We nailed out a lot of samples. That's yeah. what it came down to. If I could get them in people's hands, then at least they didn't think I was some crazy lady just talking about, you know, scents and aromas and all that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, you got to get creative, right? So that's amazing. Yeah. Did you did you find like, um, was your business impacted like either the massage or the oils like with COVID or anything like that? Or did you find not as much? It, um, so I was only technically, um kind of had to shut down for our first lockdown Mm -hmm. um other than that we were deemed essential um which i was so thankful because even just for people's mental health why they come um you know what people people need it people absolutely need it so luckily the massage didn't really um you know change that much um the oils doTERRA i would say definitely the first couple months um into into covid we had a record-breaking month um you know people were really wanting to dive into um you know our on guard line product which mm-hmm. is the immune boosting um so that was we had a couple really 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 great months from there i think you know everybody has been a little bit more just cautious of are they going to keep their job? Are they not? You know, like what's happening? So, you know, money gets to be a little bit more scarce that, you know, you do, you have to make choices of what you're going to spend it on. Um, So I would say with that, it has declined a little bit. Um, Not, not drastically. Luckily, I'm sure different leaders have felt to a different degree. I've just always kept going no matter what, and just kind of met people where they're at. Um, I think at least if you can maintain to, I can still be sharing and helping people with other ways to use the oils that they already have. So it's not necessarily about just purchasing new stuff all the time, but really trying to use what they have and use it to their full potential. Um, And then when things turn around and maybe money gets better or, you know, they're just a little bit more established and maybe a a new life, then, then again, they'll reach out and they'll want to try some new stuff too. So you know, it's been, it's been a bit of an up and down, but completely understandable. Um, and, and again, I think during this time with everyone, it's just kind of meet them where they're at with it. Yeah. I love that. I love that whole approach of, like you said, like putting the the relationships of your, your clients or customers first and, and helping them with the, the oils that they do have. Like that's definitely the best like approach for business or sales customer experience, because at the end of the day, like it really is all about the connections that you have and they're going to want to stick with you long-term because they know that you're genuine. You actually care about their well-being you know, unlike, uh, you know, a lot of other people who are in similar type industries, you know, with those businesses, a lot of people, like even for myself, I get messages, DMs that are like, you know, well, you do like buy this product It's like very salesy and like they haven't built a relationship with me. And it's like so different from the experience that I know that you like are passionate about with your business. And it's just amazing to see. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that because it, it really, that, that is everything to me, you know, that really at the end of the day, um, just, just building that relationship. That's, you know, that's the fun part. That's like, yeah. we just meet people, you know, even when somebody isn't ready for oils, well, you still met this incredible person that, you know what, it might not be now, but yeah, you know, you just met a friend, you know, that's the worst. That's the worst yeah. that can come of it. Basically. It's so true. It's, and so, it's true. You still, no, go ahead. Sorry, I'm just gonna say that connect, like that connection, like you 
said, that relationship is definitely important. Establish that first. And you're right. A lot of, I, I say net, like network marketing companies do have a bad reputation for, for not addressing that first. But I think, again, I have to completely toot doTERRA's horn um, that they're all about helping and and caring and love and health and, and win-win situations. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe if it was a different company, then definitely, but I probably wouldn't be with that company if that was the case. Yeah. Um, but with doTERRA, just what they align in their mission is, is so incredible that, um, yeah, people who I think have more of that yucky salesy stuff probably are, are doing a different one anyway. Right. That makes so <laughs> much I, sense. Anyway. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Um, <laughs> and I do get that vibe from doTERRA that it's like legit. They're all about wellness. And I mean, their products are really great quality. I love them so much myself. So I definitely get that vibe. Um, one thing just talking to you, a question that I wanted to ask is like, what advice could you give somebody that's in one of those like network marketing um, businesses where like that they that you've seen other people do that are not going to create success? Like how can somebody be successful in a network marketing business? Yeah, I, you know, it's, that's a great question, Rebecca. Um, I think always like at the end of the day, put yourself in their shoes. Think of how you would want to be approached. Um, You know, those random like, Hey girl messages, like nobody likes that. So why are you going to do that? (laughs) Yeah, no, Um, it just doesn't work. It's, you know, maybe at one point, but you know, it doesn't work anymore. And, uh, and I think truly, like, I will say um, one thing through COVID, like with doTERRA, when it comes to building a business, it is, it is made like made or broke people. It didn't really rhyme like I had planned, but you know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> Make yeah. it yeah. right. Yeah. It definitely, um, you know, if, yeah, it, it, it's kept those that have the true, that true belief of it still in the game through all this, no matter what. Um, but I, yeah, definitely. If someone is starting, I think you need to lead with your heart. You need to put yourself in their shoes. Um, and again, remember that building that relationship first, and then you can talk to them and, and talking to somebody about genuinely of wanting to help, you know, they, you may know they've got, you know, some sort of ailment or are, you know, having a hard time with something, um, instead of, you know, kind of blasting out, just let them know you're there. You've got these amazing products, um, or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and you just, if, if the time is right and you want some help, you know, let them know that they can be able to come to you and you, and you'll be there ready to help them. Yeah, that's really amazing advice because um, I think like it's it's really not much different than uh, you know any business. Like if you start any business, you you get into a business, and and some of the other girls that I was talking to earlier, um, we all agreed that like you get into a business with weird expectations that are not reality. So, and it's really no different in that industry. Um, I mean, I would say that they, they probably make it easy for you because they break down all of the things that, 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 you know, you need to do or things that, you know, systems and procedures and stuff like that, which is amazing, but you still have to work to like, to, to like succeed at it, right? Just like any other business, you still have to 
put in the work and hustle. And, and basically at the end of the day, it's, it's who it's the person who puts in the most work and dedication is what, where they're going to succeed in the business. Right. So, and I love that you were saying like, put, like check your intentions first and make sure that your intentions are pure and not like, you're not coming from a place of scarcity or like, I need to like make money so that my family can eat. Like, of course you do. Like that's fundamental. Right. But, you know, coming from a place of pure intentions, like the way that you do is, is so important in any business because customers um, can tell if you're being disingenuous and it really, really turns people off like more than anything. It's true. I think, you know, yeah, we can be the best asset to our business and also the worst, Totally. (laughs) you know, and when it's a, when it's a business that, you know, isn't, just necessarily like your nine to five too. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think people have to realize that you're going to be putting in a lot of hours to start yeah. that you may not see that income. What, what seems like, you know, the proper income for the hours you've put in, but again, it's getting over that hurdle. It's, it's exactly. learning those systems, but there's, there is, there's a lot of behind the scenes that I think people just have to, yeah, get rid of that misconception that they're going to be a millionaire in, you know, their first six months kind of thing. Like, 100%. no, it's, it's going to take time. You're going to be paying yourself nothing to start, you know, truthfully, and then it'll be, you know, very little. But once you get over that hurdle, um, again, you build those relationships and that's when you truly start to see, you know, you know, the, the bigger money come in. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so weird because a lot of entrepreneurs get into business with the the fantasy of like so much free time, so much money, get to be my own boss, all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you can get to that point after like a million hours of like the yeah. hardest work you've ever done. So like, it, it's like you, you can't have the, the success and the money and stuff like that, unless you go through hell to get it. Right. And honestly, um, it is easier to go work a nine to five at somebody else's business. It's just, it, it's easier and not everybody is made to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so I think it's, you know, something to consider, like what your intentions are before you even get into business, because you, if, if that's what your expectation is, it is not going to match at all. <laughs> exactly. You're going to be sadly disappointed. Yes. For years. But it's for like sure. when, you, when you work that, you know, that hard and you see it come, I do yeah. think it makes it that much sweeter too. Oh my God. You know? So true. Yeah. It's exactly. so true. I, I couldn't agree that you said it so great there. Um, so what does International Women's Day mean to you? I think, you know, the, if I was to even pick one word, I think it is about resiliency. Um, us, as, us as women, like when we think, you know, strength and everything, normally we think like the men are the strong ones and all this. Women, like we're we're incredible. We're absolutely incredible. We can pivot. We can cry. We can, you know, get shit done and, you know, cry again and then come back even stronger. (laughs) You know, like we really have it all. So I think that resiliency, like we, we are just such a strong backbone, 
um, and to, you know, whether it be our family, our businesses. Um, but I think the resiliency, which is what I've seen again with my own experience and, you know, shock to what I was able to do to, to again, make things happen. Um, but even through our times with COVID too, you know, like this is a, this isn't a test of someone's resiliency. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, definitely resiliency is, is top of my list of what I think of when I think of International Women's Day. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I think the reason why, um, you know, there's a perception of men being so strong and, and women like women are so resilient. And I think the reason why is because we like generally allow ourselves to feel more feelings so that we can you know, feel them, get them over with and then move forward. And I think that that's something that, you know, I I feel like a lot of men struggle with being able to share their feelings and show their emotions openly and stuff like that. And so they feel like they have to be strong, but the strength doesn't mean that, you know, they're not feeling those feelings or struggling. And I feel like the resiliency is just, it's so much like actually stronger and more powerful of a tool and a mindset because you're, it's, it's more of a healthy way where you're, you know, you're going through something, you're feeling like shit, you're crying about it, but you're also getting through the other side and moving forward with it too. It's true. You know, I think even just one thing I've learned with massaging for so long as well is that all of our our, our mental and our emotional stress and, and trauma and issues, they show themselves physically, too. Yeah. So I think it's really important. And, and you're right. I think I, I think men have a harder time to kind of release it, like to work through it and release it. Whereas, you know, then it kind of manifests itself physically. So I think, too, as women, you know, the fact that we are can process it, you know, go through our, our, like our rainbow of emotions and whatnot. But overall that to our health, that's so important because we do, we get to release that. So, and it won't settle and it won't cause different physical ailments within our body. Um, you know, like again, with massaging, like people who have the mindset, they will never feel better. They will never feel better. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it goes hand in hand. You know, those that have that positive outlook that they are willing and wanting to do whatever they can that's where you see progress. Yeah, so again, I think we just point. have a little... Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, yeah, you would definitely like no be so knowledgeable on that. And the fact that um, like even stress, stress is such a big part of our lives now, just with how fast paced it is, like social media, like just there's stress everywhere. And it definitely manifests in our body. It's not just like a lot of people don't realize that it's not just a, a you know, it's stress, but it's not just uh, its own thing. It like literally can manifest in your body and cause, you know, diseases and, and a lot of tension and stuff like that. Right. Like I think that stress is, is although like they can't like scientifically prove this by any means, but like, I think stress is probably like the leading cause of like death, like in the world, you know, because it's so prevalent in everybody's lives and nobody thinks that there's a relation to their physical body to an emotional issue like stress. Right. I'm sure you see that all the time when you're, you know, you have your hands on people. Right. Absolutely. I've even just like feeling like with the energies of the people too. And, you know, I think that's what I really enjoy with incorporating the oils in is that, 
you know, the physical is, is, you know, what I see with the tape, like when they're on my table, but there mm-hmm. is always that underlying root problem. And that's, that's what we need to get at. And that's what I feel like with, with the products, with doTERRA in general and the oils, we can tackle those root problems, which therefore I see just a, a faster uh, progression of the physical of it too. Um, you know, yeah. stress in particular, you're, you're so right. Like the, just the inflammatory process that comes up um, because of stress, you know, you think of and then lack of sleep and we have, you know, the digestive issues, like everything, which just, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically blows up inside. And, and unfortunately that's the way we see it is the, the ailments that, you know, a lot of people have. Yeah. So yeah, so 100%. Yeah. And I, I love, um, I'm all about like a lot of, uh, like proactive approaches to health and wellness and stuff like that. And that's why I love the oils. I love like a lot of all natural things and stuff like that. And so, um, because I just think like, to me, it makes more sense to take better care of ourselves now, as opposed to dealing with medical conditions later, you know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people don't have that mentality and they just, go straight to, Oh, I feel stressed. So I'm going to go straight to the medication approach when it's like, "Mm, do you really need that? And and I heard somebody talk about it It was some famous person was talking about how uh, a lot of people who suffer with depression and anxiety and stress and stuff like that. um, Yes, there's a small number of people who have an actual chemical imbalance in their brains. But a lot of the percentage of people that identify with depression and anxiety could potentially not have to be on medication and could um, just from changing their lifestyle, changing what they eat, changing, you know what I mean? How they're moving their bodies and stuff like that. And, and then it's just crazy to think that, you know, they could potentially be in control of their own well-being instead of having to be on these medications their entire life. You know, it's so true. I think one of, um, you know, the easiest ways of people even thinking of switching and changing their life to to be healthier overall is to get rid of those synthetic fragrances. Um, you know, we say about depression and everything in in particular, those those synthetics, they fuck with your head. Excuse me. Like, yeah. The with your entire body like what they do with your hormones and your sleep disturbances that alone causes massive depression and anxiety and that can be simply from the plugins you've got or you know the strong perfume that you're slathering all over your body like Mm -hmm. it is incredible the amount on average of toxins that you know women in particular put on ourselves a day it's like 500 different chemicals and you know all of that is just causing havoc in your body Whereas yeah. we're having these issues when it could be something as simply as just, you know, having a natural body lotion and your, your shampoo and conditioner that you're sticking right on above your brain or, mm-hmm. you know, like again, the air freshener that's beside your bed and you're having sleep, you know, issues. Like it can be simple. It seems overwhelming at first. And that's, I really love helping people get started mm-hmm. um, to let them know, like, it's just one thing we're going to switch. We're, one thing we're going to try, we're going to start with this, but 
one of the easiest is just realizing that fragrance, synthetic fragrance is just wreaks havoc on our body. So if yeah. anybody, if I can give some advice on that, start with that. Um, and, and then again, you'll start to see how your life can be better and that you may not need to reach to that medicine cabinet. You know, there's a time and a place, but if you can do something naturally that will work and get you back to homeostasis and feel, feel really good, then why not just do that instead of jumping to that next step too? Totally. I could not agree more. And um, yeah, I, I've really been learning a lot about those synthetic fragrances. I watched a documentary, I think it was on Netflix and I can't remember the name and it was probably like two years ago, but um, it was a documentary on how I, um, this woman, she actually got cancer and they did were able to trace it back to the synthetic fragrances that she had in her house and stuff like that. And I was just like, that's crazy. And then I also, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I do have some synthetic fragrances in my life, but I'm, I'm really careful to limit them. And I'm also careful of like putting them on my skin. Like if I spray something, it's going on my clothing and not because I will break out. It's not good. I know that breathing it is probably not great either. Um, but one thing I've had a really bad experience with is those plug-in air fresheners. And I, cause I, cause the scent is an experience. It's one of our senses. We love smelling, you know, warm apple pie scent or whatever it is. Right. And um, so I would always have those plug-in air fresheners. And I, I, I realized like after a couple of times of, of having them in, and I would have never made this connection because I don't even know how I made the connection, but I, I did was able to pinpoint it because it came to a point where I was like, I'm just going to try this and see if this is actually a thing. And I swear to God, I put these air fresheners in and I would get like a fever. I would just like actually get so sick. And I'm like, this is crazy. Is this actually from this? And I would take it out and I feel fine. Like after a day of breathing normal air and I would put it in again and I felt a fever. I swear to God, it's so crazy. I'm like, this is just a fucking, you can buy these at the grocery store and they seem so dangerous, right? That's exactly like they're, yeah, it's it's funny, you know, because, again, one thing of explaining how people like it, how it actually works. So when you're smelling something, so it all has to do with our limbic system, um, which actually we have olfactory nerves in our nose that go directly back to that limbic system of our brain. So anything you're smelling, it is a direct line to your brain. So no wonder, again, the fever is coming up. A lot of people will get headaches instantly when they're they're strong. Um, mm-hmm. I can't walk past a couple certain stores in a mall just yeah. because of how potent some of those strong those smells are yeah. um and you know it's even like i think i find once you've cleaned your system out a little bit of of some of those synthetics you do get a little bit more sensitive to to the bad stuff which which mm-hmm. i think is good because it's like your body trying to tell you like no 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 i don't like that i don't like that you know give totally. us the other stuff yeah so yeah you exactly experienced what so many are, yet they just haven't put that connection to it yet. 
So, sure. you know, that's, yeah. that's what we try to do is just let people realize. And again, I, I'm about, I'm really about balance. You know, I, I'm not an extreme person in, in any way. And I think even if you can be able to switch a couple things in your home, mm-hmm. people will see yeah. that that can make a huge difference. So, you know, you don't have to go all in. So yeah. like, I think it's great what you're doing. You're seeing that and what you're putting on your skin. Um, and it's fantastic. And you know what, like, that's, that's all I hope that people will see that they can do and just and get some of the benefits at least and then progress from there. And For maybe sure. you want to talk about every single thing in their home. Um, yeah. But you know, between like air fresheners, you know, diffusing an oil instead, um, you know, your cleaning products, all of those really heavy fragrant products. Um, there's easy ways to swap them out. And, and again, you really will feel a lot better afterwards. Yeah, no, that's really great advice uh, another thing that i had an issue with was the bed and bed bath bath and body works candles like those breathing those in i would get a cough like as if i was a smoker like i i don't i think maybe i'm a little bit extra sensitive i don't know but they cannot be good to breathe in and i was like the biggest fan of those i was like gonna go get my starbucks and my bath and body works candles and like i was that girl and like i realized i cannot have them in my house i can't i can't breathe them in it's like straight toxins so um it's just so interesting and it's about being mindful and like you said making small changes and seeing the difference that you notice because the essential oils smell amazing and they're relaxing they have so many other benefits too and so now that now anytime like if i'm at a friend's house and they're burning the bath and body works candles or like if i'm anywhere where i'm smelling synthetic stuff i feel like i'm not breathing real air so i almost feel like mentally i'm suffocating a little bit so it kind of freaks me out so i kind of have that awareness now yeah which is good and and hopefully you know the friend who has all that will one day you know get that too and want to switch it up yeah or or at least like just don't don't turn it on when I'm there I'll probably die (laughs) awesome so I wanted to ask you this is a question I've been asking all of the women um, on this series and it's something that I really love talking about but what is a common misconception that you have had of other women because we obviously when we're growing up um, in our teenage years like it's hard to like be friends with women like that's been the, the main discussion points and because we have these you know we have these beliefs in place but the beliefs are formed based on what happened like in high school you know they gossip or they make fun of you and stuff like that so so what are some common misconceptions that you've had I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there, you know, high school, like, oh, my God. Um, So I think a big thing that I really found that it it goes actually to what, uh, you know, Chad's video that he did the other day about like with competition. Mm. I think that you know, there's a, there's, there's a healthy competition for sure. But I, I think that is a big thing that I know that I lived with a lot um, of just feeling that it was always in such a negative competing with each other. Everything yeah. seemed like it, it was somewhat, and, and again, I'm guilty of it too. You know, like it was just such a time. Um, it's funny that, you know, again, saying how Ian and I met each other in high school, because we have very different perceptions of our high school years. <laughs> and he would go back in a second. And he's like, it was the best fucking time of my life. And I'm like, I hated it. Like, yeah. I wanted Nightmare. Out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare. 
And so it's funny, but I think that's what it is, which he start, is starting to realize because I'm like, like, we're, we're the heart, we're the emotion, like everything yeah. is, was so dramatic and, and whatnot. And, and I think a lot of it, you know, is that unhealthy competition, you know, and um, that's what I would say was my, my biggest misconception. Um at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so true. I feel like I feel like anyone listening to this is going to like totally relate to that because it's it's so true that competition back then just because we weren't aware, we weren't mindful, we weren't really fully developed at that point, so our perception of competition was like, oh, I'm better than so and so or so and so is better than so and so, right? And oh. now obviously like, you know, ha- learning what healthy competition is, especially especially as a woman. And it's like, you know, obviously it's fine to be competitive and to want to be the best and and everything like that, but like not at the expense of other women or, or other people's feelings or anything like that. Right. Like naturally I think that my bakery is the best bakery. Like, obviously I wouldn't be like so passionate and obsessed with it if I did not think that if I didn't believe that it was the best, but at the end of the day, if, you know, one of the other bakeries called me up and was like, I'm in a pinch and, you know, so-and-so is sick. And I really, I have like 50 cakes and like, you know, I would be the first person there to go and help out. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, it's not a competition in the sense of like, I'm better than you. It's like, I believe in my baker. I love it so much. But if you are down and you are hurting, I am not here to knock you down. I'm going to lift you up. And, you know, there can be, we can all be successful, right? Like that's what we've really learned in our networking group of being together and hearing, you know, our struggles and our stories and stuff like that. And just learning that, success can be for everybody, no matter how many bakeries there are or how many massage therapists there are. It's it's all about um, lifting each other up and, and being there to support each other. And that's something that, you know, a lot of women don't learn. I mean, naturally, when you're going through high school and stuff, it's really, really hard. And so you, the, yeah. the problem is, is that we keep those perceptions that we learned in high school and carry them through our adult life, which they don't serve us, right? They don't, the gossiping doesn't serve us, the, the being mean or talking behind people's backs and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's why I love bringing up this conversation because um, it, it can be so different. And I think like, that's the one thing that our, um, networking group has really taught me. And I know some of the other girls that were saying similar things where um, it was like the first experience that we've had where, okay, like we're, we're being friends with other women and they're like totally nice, kind, normal people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're not just catty bitches and whatever. (laughs) Exactly. So it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. And so, um, so how did you move past that misconception then? Like what, how did you get over that? I I think, you know, a big part, probably just, 
as, as we get older and as we mature, you know, I guess, you know, at that time too, we're just like these crazy hormonal people, you know, whereas like now we've balanced out and (laughs) definitely got more mature in life, which is really good. Um, I think realizing too, that like at that moment, everybody was just, we were just doing what we thought we needed to, to kind of survive. And it's just having that realization, like nobody meant harm on people, you know, at the time it might've been the worst thing in the world or, you know, but like nobody, it just, just having that realization that people aren't, you know, they weren't terrible. Um, they were just doing what they needed to do. You know, like I find too, that even now I'll have to, I got to give credit, you know, with doTERRA again too, because honestly, all of us, just like you were saying with the bakery, like all of us builders are technically, if you want to say competing, but honestly, because of the the personalities, like the the people within doTERRA and, and my, you know, my, my team, let's say, you know, the most generous, like the most kind, heartfelt people. So like competition never even crosses, you know, my mind. And, and I think from having those experiences in the past, I just, I don't let it, Personally, I just don't let it be a part of my today, mm-hmm. you know, um, a, a great example. And you'll get a kick out of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a builder that, um, you know, she did some stuff with the oils and, and made some stuff that was like accessories to the oils. And um, she would actually never um, put her stuff in an event or whatnot if there was somebody else that had similar products. Um, you know, just always show that that jealousy and didn't see that that competition as of being a positive competition too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there the the kind of final straw with myself was that she actually um publicly um put your business down when you guys opened one of your new stores. <laughs> and to me, that was my final straw. And I, you know, I had a talk with her and I just said, listen. This is a very dear friend of mine. And I said, I, this is not what I'm about. This is not what my team is about. And if this unfortunately is the way that you, you act within, you know, your life and and whatnot, then I think it would be best if you kind of moved on from this. Um, Because I just, I don't have time for that. I, I don't see the purpose in that. Everybody is doing everything they can and incredible and and I got your back girl like I, you know I just there just it's not productive and it's not yeah. how the people that I want to be represented kind of by by myself as well so um yeah, yeah you know so that's I so funny so- because actually Chad and I joke about this all the time I mean <laughs> we deal with haters all the time it's not even like it yeah. literally does not bother me at all I I honestly just I feel I feel bad for those people because I feel feel like obviously like they're you know they're negative or they're sad or they're just they're they're not happy for me being successful which I mean makes me feel like they have some really big insecurities right so but Chad and I always joke because anytime like we announce something big and exciting with our business the haters always come out of the woodwork to like say like that we're so shitty and like our product sucks and whatever and it's like 
that's why like when I was writing my book, I was like, sorry, haters, like actually we have so many customers that we have a million in sales at a bakery business. So like, I, I don't think we really suck that bad. So <laughs> I just, yeah, I just think it's so funny though, because anytime positive things happen, that's what pisses the haters off the most, right? Yeah. Because they're so negative. And it's like, we always joke before we announce anything and we have stuff that we're working on right now. We're like, when we announce this location is opening, watch all the haters just come out of the woodwork and like, we're ready for them. We don't really give a shit. Right. Cause we have way more good customers than bad ones. So, um, but yeah, like, it's so funny. And it's funny you say that because it's, if somebody is willing to, you know, put another business down publicly and stuff like that, it's, they're, they're obviously going to show that kind of behavior in other areas. Like you said, they're jealous of putting their product into, um, an event where it's like other competition would be because they're so insecure and they're not actually fully confident. And so it will show up in other areas. And like, I, I can't imagine you managing somebody like that. Cause it's so not your like style and like, they just, they would really stick out and not fit in really well. So yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was a lesson. It was, you know, again, we have to look at everything as a lesson and, um, but I think it, yeah, it just, I was happy, happy with myself afterwards. Cause it was like, you know, I was sticking to my true beliefs and my, like what I want to see, you know, as aligned with, with my team too, you know, um, again, we'll always have those bad apples and everything. Um, but it was just, it really, to me, like a, a tough, you know, like obviously a tough conversation and whatnot. But, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel bad. I do feel bad for her. I should say, just because there are these things that need to be worked through. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we're so confident of what we want to give to our, our, our customers and our, and our people, um, you know, it's, again, it's, it it was necessary basically. Yeah. Um, Which I think it becomes very obvious, right? Like it's when you define your own values and what you stand for, anything that's the opposite of that is extremely obvious. Right. And it just, it feels so yucky. And I'm like, Oh, it was just like flashbacks and stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. I I can't be around that. I just, eh, it's not good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, it's the same thing too, in our business, like when we're hiring staff and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, it's really hard to know if somebody's a good person from just interviewing them. Right. So it's, it's really hard because it's like you bring in the wrong person to, to, to work with our other staff. And then all of a sudden you realize like, they're not a good, like hearted employee and they have all these issues and stuff like that. And they're really negative and it, it puts the whole team off too. Right. Yeah. So that's a whole yeah. angle. That's like a, a challenge in and of itself. Right. Keeping the positive, a whole other podcast, yes, a whole other podcast <laughs> exactly. So, what is your new belief about women today? Like now that you've kind of you've seen both sides of it and stuff, what do you believe about women today? I think the biggest thing is that you know what we are one hundred and fifty percent stronger together. I think we just realizing that that having somebody to have your back, there's nothing like that. And and honestly, we are we are strong people on our own, but together we are we are just that that much better, you know. And we've talked with our, you know, our networking group, like you know, the stuff we, we learn and can share with each other and, and bounce ideas off each other, um, which just makes us 
stronger. So, you know, without those connections, um, yeah, like I, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't be half where I am without you girls, you know, and I think just working together, whether it's a group or um, even like collabing with other people, I love doing collabs with other businesses and like, you know, we do a giveaway or we do something or just even just sharing a product, you know, like anything you can do to help someone else, it always comes back. Always. So true. I mean, I could not have said it better. Like that is absolutely how the world works. So if anyone was curious how the world works, that's how it does. So always be extra kind. And yes, exactly. And it will come back to you tenfold for sure. And then the opposite is true. If you're a negative, you know, bitchy person, I mean, that's all you're ever going to get in life. So, um, so a couple last questions here is what is your best piece of advice that you can offer other women? Well, I think one thing, which based on my story at the start there, um, be very careful when working for friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, it, it can be done, but I think tied in with that, what's most important is um, really setting those boundaries, I think. And, you know, a huge, a huge piece of advice, I would say, um, which it, it's taken me 40 years to remotely realize, but stop people pleasing. The only person that gets hurt when that happens is you. And like I said, at 40 years and I'm finally getting to this understanding, I wish I learned it earlier in life. Um, I was talking to my friend and she's a life coach and, um, and she's similar with stuff, but she calls herself a recovering people pleaser. And I'm like, that says it perfectly. Um, but I think having those boundaries, if you have boundaries, it's going to help every area of your life. Um, you know, don't be afraid to say no, stand up for yourself. And you know what, just is like, by doing that, the people that are meant to be in your life will stick around. They'll be there. It, you know, they'll come, they'll be, you know, magnetically attracted to that. Um, so just, you know, putting that out there and, and be okay with it. You know, just don't just think at the end of the day, you are the one who has to live with yourself and make yourself the happiest. So have those boundaries um, and, and just stick with them. And it, and it really will help. Yeah, that is such great advice. Um, I love like just, I mean, I know that so many people struggle with people pleasing and, um, you know, by doing that, you're in essence, not pleasing anybody. So, and especially you're not staying true to yourself. So I've always been really passionate about like making authenticity, um, for myself, the most important thing and just following everything like that. And then, like you said, you allow room in your life to, to find like-minded people and why would you want to be around anybody else right so yeah no it's amazing and so okay so where can people find you and connect with you so the easiest is probably through Instagram. That's kind of where I'm more uh, more active, I guess, than necessarily say Facebook. Um, so Instagram, my handle is at Essential Vibes Living. And so that is the easiest. Um, if an email, if people love emails, then Jessica Stewart 1619 at gmail.com as well. And uh, yeah, but definitely reach out if anybody has any questions, you know, could be massage, could be oil, could be anything along those lines if there's something that you feel that I can help with please don't hesitate to reach out and we can be able to jump on a call and you know chat about stuff face to face that way and uh and figure out you know what might be um the best thing to incorporate into your life that that's just going to make you a happy and healthier person 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, you are definitely the best person for anybody to go to who's looking to enhance their well-being and their wellness and stuff like that, because not only are you super passionate about it, but you like live it like through and through. You are so like you literally glow. Like whenever I see you, but you're literally (laughs) glowing. You're like so beautiful and so smart. And I just think like, yeah, anybody listening that wants to reach out and really enhance their life and enhance their health and well-being then jessica is the person to go to and so thank you so much jessica for being on scrap the sweet talk podcast i know that our listeners have really gained so much knowledge and stuff like that from listening and we really appreciate you opening up and sharing your stories because that's how we relate to each other the best so thank you jessica thank you rebecca so much it uh you're an absolute gem and the world is just lucky to have you in it and anybody that knows you will absolutely agree with me oh thank you jessica you're so sweet and yeah i was this was so great chatting and we will talk soon sounds great bye